I V M I V M Hey everyone this is your daily dose of everything that's happening in the world of NBA I am Monish and joining me as he does always is Nishant and you're listening to The Airball Diaries It was the Jean Morant and the Steph Curry show. Steph Curry, as usual, he got a he got twenty eight points, but he also got a triple double, which was not expected. How do some how does someone give ten rebounds to Steph Curry? I don't understand. But Jean Morant was the showstopper. Stay aside, Clay Thompson. Stay aside, Steph Curry. This guy is a real legit guy. If the Warriors were to play the Grizzlies in a playoff, I'd be worried. I'd say the Warriors would start off favorites, but I'd still be worried. This rivalry is. beginning to heat up since the last season i think every game that the grizzlies have played against the warriors it's been super close in fact they've eliminated the warriors in a plain game uh this season 2-1 out to the memphis grizzlies they're a tough team to beat i mean i i'd not want to face them in the playoffs that was a fun game the clippers came down from 25 down to beat the nuggets remember that story where the nuggets came down from 15 down three yeah. consecutive times we'll talk a little bit more about that but the clippers came down from 25 down to beat the nuggets kcp and hyrel got into a fight uh pretty interesting <laughs> all their laker history and what not they go to washington and make a mess out of that what is you on your the other one big deal whatever <laughs> but on today's episode i want to talk about uh, part 2 of what we did last week where we spoke about portland trail blazers and the utah jazz as teams that really built a roster to go win the championship go, go win it all but it never really resulted in a championship when they reached somewhat there they reached the conference final they reached both the teams in fact but they never really got it done right this time we'll look at two other teams that did the same but didn't really get over the hump uh, the boston celtics are one of them and the clippers the other one clippers actually had two rebuildings <laughs> we'll talk about them in today's episode whether you're an established sports person or a budding one or simply a sports enthusiast join us tanvi and shlok We are two passionate pro badminton players talking policy, mindset, and everything sport. So tune in to the Millennial Athlete every Monday only on the IVM Podcast Network. Trust us, it's gonna be lit. All right, let's start off with the Boston Celtics. Uh, when did their rebuilding start? It started somewhat, I would say, in 2013, where they got Marcus Smart, and they had to get rid of their old big four. Uh, when they had Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett and Rondo and all of that, they needed to get rid of those guys and started sure. with hiring of Brad Stevens. They got Marcus Smart in the sixth pick, but the real rebuilding I think started around 2016, where they had the third pick in the draft. They got in Jalen Brown. Uh, they added Al Horford to the squad. The following year, they picked Jason Tatum, who also went three. Uh, by the way, they had the top pick that year. They traded it away to Philadelphia 76ers, and they moved down to three. The topic turned out to be Markel Fultz. Who yeah, I yeah, yeah. I was just going to ask. <laughs> Go ahead and read what Philly did with that number one pick. <laughs> But 2017, they added Jason Tatum. They added Kyrie Irving to the squad. They added Gordon Hayward to this team. Uh, they in, in fact went to the conference final seven game shootout with LeBron James. Kyrie missed that series, but seven game conference final. And you thought, okay, this is a team, young guns. Tatum has been Tatum was amazing in his first year. Jalen Brown was getting there, and you thought, okay, this team is going to come up. And be there a consistent conference finalist or a finalist, and somewhere down the line they'll win the chip. Twenty eight, twenty eighteen, nineteen. They had a second round elimination against the Bucks, but didn't really complain then because it's still a new team, still building and all of that. But they started having issues in that lineup. Kyrie was mm. not very happy. Mm. He left the following year, twenty nine, twenty. Kyrie left. Horford left. Uh, 
the Celtics didn't really replace these guys. I mean, Kyrie they got yeah, Kemba they got Walker, Kemba. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. got Kemba Walker. Okay, they traded away Terry Rozier. Yeah. I don't know if that trade was a bust or would you call that trade a win or a loss? Kemba Walker gave them two years, didn't really do much. Terry Rozier has kind of uh, declined in his abilities, has declined in his abilities as well. Would you call that trade a bust? Uh, yeah, it was neither here nor there. I mean, it was an experiment. Uh, it was an experiment that didn't work out, but it was neither here nor there. I mean. Uh, Look, had they kept Rozier, what would have happened? It's not like he would have changed their fortunes, right? So they took a yeah. punt on on Kemba, who, to be fair, when fit, and which is a rarity, but when mm-hmm. fit, they look incredibly formidable with him out yep. out there with yep. with the rest of the team. Uh, problem was inconsistent. They knew that they took a punt on him, didn't quite work out, but it's okay. I mean, that's I love that. At least they took a gamble. They they made mm-hmm. some move to try and move yep. up, uh, yep. which is more than I can say about their uh, front court situation. Yeah, the 2019-20 season, I, I really liked the Celtics unit. This was a team that went to the bubble. They had Kemba Walker uh, at the point guard. They had Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Tatum, and Dominic Thais with Marcus Smart coming off the bench, Ennis Cantor and the bunch of others coming off the bench. And we really thought this was the deepest team in the league because all the yeah. five could play yeah. and Marcus Smart off the bench was great, right? And they reached the conference finals in the in that bubble where they ended up losing to Miami. Here was a close mm-hmm. contest. They lost in six. But uh, not really a disappointing year that year, as long as they built the following year. Sure. Following year was the last season where Gordon Hayward left and they didn't really replace him. Uh, that left a big hole on the wing. They didn't really have a wing defender. It was left to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to carry this team. Marcus Smart got promoted to, uh, sorry, that was this year. Kemba yeah. Walker was still there, but he was not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't even make the playoffs, direct playoffs. They had to play, make the play-in tournament where Jason Tatum got 50, eliminated the Wizards, made the playoffs, but against Brooklyn Nets, didn't really stand a chance. Still put on a performance, by the way. Tatum got 50 in one of those games also. But Brooklyn Nets were just too strong for them. Yeah. And then uh, they decided to break that up. They remote Kemba Walker, didn't really add anyone. Dennis Schroeder, is that a replacement? Mm, they kind of got him for luck because no other team wanted to take Dennis Schroeder, right? Yeah, I got yeah. him on a cheap contract. Uh, so no replacement for Kemba Walker. Uh, Marcus Smart is doing all the ball handling duties, and this year they are not even in a playing spot. They're or somewhere around there, the ninth, tenth, eleventh. They've been right. bouncing around that stage. Yeah. It's really disappointing to see the Celtics team because they still have this duo, Tatum and Jalen Brown, who've been to multiple conference finals now. But you still don't see that as an achievement as long as they don't make the next step, right? Yeah. What do they, where do the Celtics go from here? Home uh, this season and just uh, <laughs> chill. <clears throat> Chill. I mean, it's it's one of those weird uh, orgs where you don't quite get what they're doing. Like Portland this season, it, it, it makes no sense. Anything that they do or, or don't do, none of this makes sense. Their, their front office is a mess with Portland. Their uh, big man situation is just like Boston. They're basically the Western Conference of Boston. They have one superstar who's disgruntled, but he refuses to move. They refuse to trade him. They don't do anything with him. They don't build around him. <laughs> It's just a team in shambles and you don't get their decision-making. Same thing with the Celtics now. I mean, for about five years now, they've had this uh, um, mm-hmm. a, a vacuum at the four slash five or both. They've done nothing about it. They found Williams, who seems promising, but would he, Would you see him on a championship squad when you know that the rest of the squad uh, would invariably include Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart? I, I don't think yeah. so. I don't think he's he's that guy. He's good. He's better off somewhere else. Um, maybe somebody like a Chris Wood would be a better fit here. I don't know. But mm-hmm. the thing is, you don't see them do anything. And then um, the coach that 
had a great run of form and it seems like maybe he hit a glass ceiling with the squad mm-hmm. um a bunch of conference finals that's about it it's not that doesn't mean every separation is not a disgraceful firing sometimes right. it just doesn't work out and you move on um instead of moving on though they elevated him to a higher position <laughs> this time to the front office where now he's the one in the chair doing nothing about the front court situation it's a bizarre org i don't get it uh, they traded away the number one draft pick to get number 3 which means two obviously two other teams have a better shot of getting the best talent in that draft uh philip pissed it away with fulls of fulls mm-hmm. order his name is uh lakers did uh, one up to them and got lonzo who's not bad but he's no jason tatum yeah. he's not tatum uh, yeah. and this was a deep class then the amount of talent that they had in this in this draft class was insane i think donovan mitchell was in this draft 7th mm-hmm. overall uh, bam arbio was was 30th or something i think uh, yep. i'm forgetting yeah, somebody fox. i think jared allen yeah darren fox is 5th and jared allen somewhere in that in that mix so it was a good draft right uh, they did all of those things and they didn't just draft two young great talents they developed them into something ala mm-hmm. the warriors impressive mm-hmm. okay yep. now build around them they put marcus smart in there um okay works then they figured out once they got kemba in and kairi and that whole rotation thing with rosier etc one after the other um somewhere along the way they figured out marcus smart is great out the bench okay good for you uh, mm-hmm. who is your starting lineup they picked up shrudo that nobody wanted who i still i just don't get how he fits into this team whatever his numbers say I, I don't get what he adds that will bring some synergy to the rest of the players on the court. Mm-hmm. They brought back Hawford. They have no clue what they're doing with him. <laughs> Everyone gets isolated stats. Nobody, there, there doesn't seem to be a plan. And then there's a big man situation. Now, it is so weird when in the middle of the game, in those stretches where you're rotating players and, and people are coming off the bench and those, those dull periods, it's like a cricket match. Once the power play mm-hmm. is done, until mm-hmm. the 40th over there's not really a lot happening but that sometimes makes or breaks the game those the single yeah. just going on rotating strike makes or breaks the game and in those periods that's where hofford is at his best because he's a big man he can shoot right. he's got some moves and he can play make mm-hmm. which means in a pick and roll with say a marcus smart he'd mm-hmm. be a very interesting option because he can pick and fade he can he can hit somebody else with an open pass he's got good vision they've never run that i i at least haven't seen them run it a single time maybe they have and i missed it um so it's just it's very disjointed at this point um they've got so many players that they could fit all the way down to uh, jabari parker if you will they've got so <laughs> many players that they could use one way or another pritchard is promising they have no clue yeah. what they're doing with him tyce uh, okay hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay um but i, I don't get in celtics anymore though huh? no tyce was whatever and now then they had oh. williams then they put williams yeah. then they had whatever then they had Kemba and Rozier and Kyrie yeah. and even the whole Cantor situation they had him they gave him to Portland they yeah. got him back okay, like Cantor's Cantor's another <laughs> I just had to bring uh, yeah. that in yeah let's not even <laughs> no let's not even but somebody like that kid Grant uh, mm-hmm. play him more right start him more why am I seeing Schroeder just play, play him more so I don't know it, it's it's a very bizarre team um, I have no clue where they're headed and if a shake up is in order and mm-hmm. i'm i'm cool if they say jalen brown and tatum are here to stay we're not breaking this duo up although it feels a lot like what philly were saying about simmons and mm-hmm. uh, and embiid but yeah. okay we'll bite okay then shake up the damn front office and the coaching stuff I, i think that's what's got to go i don't think it's the personnel i think it's putting the right pieces around this personnel and some coach that can make sense of all of this i just don't get udoka and his play calling and whatever else he does on court 
I agree. I mean, if you had Marcus Smart and Horford and Williams even coming off the bench, that's a solid uh, non-starting lineup minutes, right? But you replace these guys with solid starters. Like you said, Christian Wood would be a great addition. Yeah. Miles Turner would be a great addition to this team. Sure. Miles Turner would be a great addition to most teams. <laughs> but uh, I don't see Marcus Smart being the primary ball handler and this team reaching anywhere because he's a nice problem to have as in he dictates the play, he gets his players going, brings yeah. that energy and all of that. But that's great off the bench. You don't need a starter to have that as his primary duties. <laughs> Right, and he takes a lot of threes than what we would like. I mean, he's below 30% three-point shooter. He takes a lot of threes for that average. And even with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, sometimes I don't get the play style. Are they guys who pass the ball first? In clutch, who's the main guy you go to, right? Is it Jason Tatum? Is it Brown? What is their primary move? Do they take a three? Do they drive in? There's no real personality in that team. They're great talents individually. If you look at only the box scores, every single game, they get you good numbers. But if you look at the game, it kind of seems lost. Like they don't know there are, what. There are games where they go to Schroeder for in the clutch moments. Exactly. Like, it's just just no. There's plan. no personality in that team. Yeah. There's no style of play, as you call it. Like yeah. if it's the Warriors, you know what's going to happen in the last play. You know that Draymond Green is going to call it. Either Curry will be used as a decoy, or he'll get the ball. You know that. Yep. You know what will happen with all of those big teams. You know what's happening with Bucks. It's either Giannis driving in or Chris Middleton taking a three. You know. You know how they're going to play. But with Celtics, it's kind of. Okay, let's see how it goes. It's, let's see what is available to us rather than them dictating the play. And that's kind of worrying for me. And I, I don't see this. I mean, I've had great hopes from Tatum and Jalen Brown, but until they have the remaining three players, really three good quality players, at least two of them, I don't see this team going anywhere. And they really need to make such moves really fast. They should bust it up. Start Josh Richardson or Grant Williams. Like enough of mm-hmm. on a consistent basis. Enough of all of this hodgepodge rotations and Schroeder and all this crap and I think I feel Hoffert should come off the bench mm-hmm. um, at this stage in his career I don't think he's quite the starter but he can be in a different way what Dwight Howard was in the championship winning season mm-hmm. for the Lakers which is you come off the bench you bring uh, experience you yep. play a role mm-hmm. uh, to the best of your abilities and that contributes significantly to a win don't overstretch it don't expect Hoffert to suddenly turn into uh, Anthony Davis so <laughs> it's not going to happen Give him a role, let him play it. Uh, I think that Nuggets did that with Millsap pretty well a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Something like that in that mold. Uh, and, and that's that. Now, they're starting Schroeder. A lot of games I see Hoffert get more minutes than he should. Some games he starts, some games he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there, there is no plan. I think first-year coach, second-year coaches should get all the support in the world. They want to experiment. They want to rotate the squad. There's no immediate pressure. Nobody's expecting this squad to go to the finals or the conference finals. Experiment all you want and then make moves. Uh, they're doing neither at this point. They're experimenting with with no follow-up. Whether it works or it fails, they'll try something else again and forget about the old experiment. They make no moves worth anything. Their best move was to get Schroeder when nobody else wanted to get Schroeder. And they got him at what? Five mil a year they offered him when yep. he was holding out for 22 or 25? Yep. Yeah, okay. Good, good job, guys. <laughs> yeah, so no hopes for the Celtics this season? You think uh, they have a chance at beating any of those Top three teams, the Brooklyn Nets, Bucks, no, Bulls. No chance, right? No chance. Not even not even an outside chance. This isn't even like Miami in the bubble where you can look at them. Yeah, and exactly. Say, I mean, I was that was my example. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to compare it to because Miami, nobody gave them a chance. But you knew that there was a fighting unit there. Yeah. And, you and knew it was a tough matchup. Like in one series, you know, it's a tough matchup. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 
Hey everybody, it's been another great week on the IVM Podcast Network. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Vedant Krishnan along with the co-founders of FamPay, Sambal Jain and Kushtaneja. They discuss financial preparation for teenagers and how to get them started. On the Filter Coffee Podcast, Karthik speaks to Gautam Chintamani, discover his journey as a film historian, documentary filmmaker and political author. On Tere Mere Raste, Keshav explores London City through the famous underground tube. On Say No to Drama, Chetna supplies some fresh New Year reminders to keep in sight and keep in mind. And on Hansvani, hear the story, Azrael Ki Pukar. It highlights the gratitude we should have for our parents. Do follow us on social media. We're IBM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And remember, if you're enjoying this show or any of our other shows for that matter, please do tell a friend. Also, don't forget to rate us on any of the platforms you're listening to us on. And you can also check us out on YouTube. You can have a list of all of our shows at ibmpodcast.com slash YouTube. And finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Bank of Baroda and CoinSwitch Kuber. All right. So that was the Boston Celtics. The other team I wanted to talk about, uh, who kind of had multiple attempts at rebuilding, but didn't really go anywhere. Well, they did reach the conference final, but is that the maximum that they wanted to go? Mm-hmm. The LA Clippers. They reached Woo! the first conference final last season in 50 years. Yeah. But this rebuilding began long, long ago. 2011 to 2017, they were called as the Lob City Clippers. They had Blake Sorry. Griffin, the number one draft pick. They added Chris Paul, who was just lobbing those uh, balls. DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. Uh, they're putting on a show, highlight reels and packages and whatnot. Yeah. But that team didn't really do anything. Uh, in middle of all of that, their owner got fired. They had a huge purchase by Steve Ballmer. That was a pretty hyped up event, wasn't it? Lot of, uh, yeah. A lot of celebrities interested in owning an LA team. Right. But it went to Steve Ballmer. Uh, they reached the 2015 playoffs where they had 3-1 lead against the Rockets. They blew uh-huh. that up. Mm-hmm. 2016, Blake got injured. They lost to Portland in the first round. 2017, they lost to uh, Jazz in the first round. And then they decided, okay, let's break this up. This is not working out. Let's trade uh, Chris Paul. Get in a bunch of players. They got in Lou Williams. They got in Harrell. They got in Pat Bev. They got in Gallinari. Then they traded Blake Griffin. They got in Tobias Harris, Miles Bridges, SGA even. Uh, I think SGA in the draft, but they had him. Moved all and then of they the lost the Warriors in the first round. And then they were like, okay, let's rebuild again. Let's trade away all of these guys. Let's get in two superstars like we did earlier. Let's get in Kawhi Leonard, who was a free agent. Uh, that was a great move. Yeah. And then let's get in Paul George, which I still don't know if that was a great move because they gave away a little too much for Paul George. Uh, so they gave away uh, Gallinari. They gave away... <laughs> No, Shamet was in the uh Shamet was at the Clippers and Paul. So George Clippers made so many moves. I forget if Shamet went away or he came there in some other move. Like Shamit, it's so bizarre. I think he came from Philly or Milwaukee or something. It, there's so many ins and outs in, in the Clippers. Shamet's been bouncing around, right? Then he yeah. went to Brooklyn Nets last season. Now he's with Phoenix. Uh he's been with the top teams, but he never really gets a chance to shine. Garrett. Uh, <laughs> They had uh, they added uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and you thought, okay, this is a tough team. Are they going to take down LA Lakers? They had who had Anthony Davis and LeBron James of their own. Uh, but that season was kind of weird. First of all, it was a bubble season, but Kawhi Leonard and Paul George missed a bunch of games leading up to the playoffs, even before the bubble. And then they went to the bubble. Uh, didn't really put on an impressive showing against the Mavs. Their quality took them through, but Luka Doncic almost scared them single-handedly on one leg. Yeah. Uh, because Porzingis got injured and it was all Luka and he was injured himself, but he still kind of stretched them. Then you saw them play the Nuggets and they went to a comfortable 3-1 lead and you're like, <laughs> okay, the quality are finally coming through. 
and in the fifth game was it they were leading by 15 odd points and then they screwed that and they lost that and the sixth game they were leading by 17 odd points and they screwed that and they lost that and, and the this was a nuggets that was already exhausted from a seven game series against right. the utah jazz exactly yeah. and then blew up three consecutive 15 point yeah. leads uh, to lose from to lose from 3-1 against the Denver Nuggets. Nobody saw that coming. And it was the Denver Nuggets against the Lakers in the final. And the Clippers just went to Cancun as uh, Damon Lillard yes. and CJ McCollum joked about on Twitter. They started. Uh, that that really <clears throat> didn't lead them anywhere. And then they're like, okay, maybe the first season together, not working out. Let's see yeah. when they come back. And last season, it was a repeat. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George missed a bunch of games. Uh, Clippers didn't really get their... Uh, game going I would say like they didn't really get into top gear they were mm-hmm. always performing but they didn't really hit top gear mm-hmm. and then the playoffs came before you knew it it was a 72 game season uh, the Clippers didn't seem prepared enough but they again met the Mavs and this time they were more uh, they in fact went 2-0 down and they came back and won that was impressive showing they went 2-0 down against the Jazz as well and then Paul George Kawhi Leonard got injured and then Paul George really single-handedly willed them through I would say yeah. Uh, pretty impressive showing and to make up for his disaster against the Nuggets last season uh, they went to the conference finals for the first time in their history and then they faced a uh, red hot Phoenix Suns. Now that series did not really turn out the way it should have and the Clippers ended up losing and the Phoenix Suns were the ones that uh, met Milwaukee Bucks in the final but the Clippers went nowhere and it was kind of disappointing for them because two seasons now with these two big stars didn't really yeah. go anywhere and then Kawhi Leonard is out for another season so it's like three years you're waiting and you didn't really get anything that you hoped for where do the Clippers go from here rebuild uh, I think we're I think we're there we're at that juncture where the Clippers start another rebuild and embarrass themselves again <laughs> <laughs> the Bama takeover was significant more so because of the exit and the manner in which the we are mm-hmm. uh, I forget his name also Donald Sterling I think Sterling? it is mm-hmm. yeah then the whole racism fiasco. Um, his exit made it really high profile. Then in comes Bama and uh, there's all this hype and hangama. It's, it's like when Abramovich took Chelsea and they started bringing squad after squad after squad. Uh, no purpose until they finally found their manager, Chelsea. And this was something like that. Um, that Lob City was actually Flop City Clippers. It was garbage. Um, amazing regular season. Absolute hot trash in the playoffs. Uh, like the Utah Jazz, but way worse in the playoffs. Utah Jazz at least uh, on some dignity every season. Clippers not even not even that. Um, you have a prime Chris Paul, prime Blake Griffin. DeAndre Jordan is good. Five out of the last eight years, I think Clippers have had the sixth man of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, be it Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell. Five out of eight years, right? They've got they've had deep squads. They've had big men. They've had rotation. They fucked it up consistently. So Lob City broke apart. Uh, they fell apart and and then they started their rebuild. They put together this great bunch of youngsters, some draft picks, some uh, good finds in the draft, some free agents, this, that and the other. Uh, then they said, okay, hey, let's get Kawhi. And that was for free. They didn't have yep. to give anything up to get Kawhi. So yep. brilliant. But Kawhi put a condition. He was being wooed by the Lakers. He was a day away from signing with the Lakers. Imagine that, LeBron, AD and Kawhi. Everyone injured. Imagine that. Um, and he said, get me Paul George and I'm, I'm game. So these guys had to get Paul George. And for me, that was a bit of a bullet. I think Kawhi helped them, but he also hurt them so much mm-hmm. because his sort of ultimatum of, you know, get me Paul George overnight or I sign with the Lakers. Uh, I think Kawhi won that deal and won that negotiation, but I think the mm-hmm. Clippers suffered a lot. 
and that's why you've really got to pick your superstars carefully the superstar needs to know how to uh, how to go get his um, but also look out for the arc that's what steph curry does night in night out it's what yanis does it's what lebron does lebron what, does yeah yeah which what brady did for for 20 plus years right. in in new england right always do what's right for the team but kind of look out for yourself also <clears throat> kawai is not that guy he is a mercenary got a chip at uh, san antonio moved to toronto got a chip there made a name for himself moved back la I don't quite think he's an org building guy. San Antonio right. gave him everything he treated them like crap. He refused to play games and he had to be booted out. <clears throat> so I think that kind of screwed them up a little bit with that that whole I agree they gave up too much for Paul George. Um and and then it was catastrophe after catastrophe. That first season was it, it, it was a series of memes waiting to happen. Great team started the league the the season on fire. Mm-hmm. Somewhere towards the end they tapered off a little bit. then there was that big break they came to the bubble but only some of them came to the bubble montrez harrell was late cuz he lost someone in the family and then apparently he was mentally not up for it paul george had mental issues in the in the bubble lou williams went off cuz somebody had somebody new passed away he came back via a strip club uh got caught photos posted on twitter by his friends at the strip club he says that wasn't this year that was last year and they said pagar you have that disney world armband arm on how many times you've been to disney world in the last five years so that that all shit happened uh, and they fucked it up they screwed it up because they they believed uh, that they could flip a switch by chilling through mm-hmm. the regular season coming in with paul george and kawai we can get it done in the playoffs uh, no flop last season whatever injuries again same story load management flop this season i have no clue what they're doing with their squad i i just i don't get it so here's their backward okay take your pick they have reggie mm-hmm. jackson they have terence man somewhere in there they have got luke kennard they added mm-hmm. bledso for god knows what pleasure uh, when no again nobody else in the league wanted him right. um, they got all these players no clue where to play any of them and then there are a bunch of younger whatever scrubs um, then their big man situation that's another disaster mm-hmm. uh, they have what two moves i don't know they got zubats So don't really mm. play him all that much, uh, and even when when they do, I don't think they quite look at him and think there's our Shack. Um, uh, then they've got Ibaka, who is barely ever fit. They've got mm-hmm. Hartenstein here and there. It's such a bizarre squad. I don't yep. know one starting five that you can put together from this uh, that that I can consistently say will win a playoff series. If not for Paul right. George, I wouldn't even be looking at the Clippers. I agree. I agree. Guess how many games Kawhi Leonard played in the two years uh, in the regular season? 57 and 52 in those yes. two years. Wow. Uh Paul George is even worse. 48 and 54. Uh <laughs> Now what are this uh, is this duo ever going to be fit enough for the Clippers to a win a regular season? I don't think so. B be fit enough and motivated enough to will this team through to a final and win it all. Honestly at this point even if Kawhi is fit I don't think this is a great squad. What are they mm-hmm. going to do? Put put Kawhi in the squad. Okay, how do they line up? Bledsoe, eh. Paul George, Kawhi, and who who exactly at four Marcus and five? Morris. Or, yeah, Morris and I know maybe Bahaf, Vidibaka, or Batum or uh, Zubac or whatever. It's, it's really not a deep squad anymore. They had that at least in the bubble season. It's not that there's no Lou Williams making magic. There's no uh, Montrezl Harrell adding energy off the bench. There's none of these things. I think they've gone two steps back, if anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terence Mann is a good find, but that's about it. Yep, yep, I agree. Should they trade one of their stars and get in a more dependable superstar? Believe it or not, I think they should hold on to Paul George. Mm-hmm. At the very least, he's reliable. 
if there mm-hmm. are injuries what do you do but i think the whole um, paul george sucks in the playoffs bit is overrated i wouldn't want to see paul george and lillard play together that <laughs> yeah, i wouldn't mind you know what paul george is as much fun as i poke at him i think he's an unbelievable player i think oh, people I are unfairly harsh when they say he sucks in the playoffs no he doesn't he took a bunch of nobodies in indiana to the eastern conference finals only lebron mm-hmm. james and, and the cavs could put put brakes on that machine yep uh, if not for lillard heroics maybe he would have done something at okc too so he is an above average player i would i would really call him elite um i think they should build around him they they have that they had that show of intent when they gave him the big contract um time to double down anyway kawai has a player option i'm pretty sure he's going to do his mercenary thing he'll find another franchise to go milk uh they should let him go um and build around paul george la warm weather big city lots of media money it's not tough to attract talent to come and play in mm-hmm. la it's not milwaukee i True. think they stand a good chance in the free agency market somebody like lavine i don't know lillard um i think they can shop around i think this is this off season is is the time to rebuild and i genuinely believe they have the right coach right now this is stick with that i agree i agree that coach has been doing a really good job despite the results not showing it uh, i like tailu and uh, his coaching methods uh, it was pretty much because of him along with the talent uh, i think he did a lot of changes in that series against utah jazz that kind of uh, made them win that series right exactly. so i think his talent really shows there and yeah. he's had experience uh, being in championship winning teams along with the cavs with and sure. lebron and all of that right so i agree mm-hmm. and i like the uh, I like the idea that you should build around Paul George rather than Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard is temperamental. He is a great, great player to have. No denying that. But is he the player you want to lead your franchise? I still have my doubts on that. Toronto did a great job of it, but the Toronto, the picks, their uh, rest of the team was great. Kyle Lowry was the leader there, even though Kawhi Leonard was the great, greatest player in that team. I think Kyle Lowry was the leader there, uh, and they had bunch of additional players who really. Uh, could get them to that land a uh, promised land but in in at the clippers i don't see that happening yeah i agree all right uh, with that said uh, that's all on today's episode we'll come back and talk tomorrow the nets play the bulls that's going to be a fun game that i'll be watching we'll come back yeah. and discuss about that on tomorrow's episode i'll see you yes bye, bye. hey if you enjoyed this podcast don't forget to check out our other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can listen to us on the ivm podcast app ivmpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts you can also follow us on our social media we're at ivm podcasts on twitter and instagram and if you want to reach out to us and you know you do you know you want to reach out to us and tell us that our opinions on your favorite players are trash you want to tell us magic johnson is still better than steph curry and you don't think steph curry has changed the game for all that and more reach out to us on both instagram and twitter if you love cricket listen up the edges and sledges cricket podcast is here for you Hosted by DJ Varun and me Ashwin, we bring a fun, fresh fans' point of view to talking all things cricket. Sometimes it's just the three of us. Sometimes we have guests, including current and former international cricketers. For new episodes every week, check out the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast on the IVM app, website, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working Monday to Friday, glued to your chair, making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your five-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday. as i explore the strange obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before you can find us on the ivm podcast app website or wherever you get your podcast from